What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I just want to put this up top. I recorded this before the Sixers-Suns game today. Sixers fell to the Suns, who are currently the best team in the NBA, and I don't feel all that bad about this game. I hope Joel's okay. You know, Harden did not look great once again. He's been up and down a lot recently. I'm a little concerned about that. Tobias looked great. Maxi had an off-shooting game. We got some positive minutes out of the bench. Overall, don't feel too bad or all that different. The only thing is, is that, you know, we were in first place when we recorded this episode. Now we're in fourth and we'll have a better idea of what things look like probably the next time we record in a few days. So hopefully down this stretch, we can kind of figure things out. But I just wanted to say up top, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Please like this. If you're listening on iTunes or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck they call it. Spotify, please rate us. You can buy merchandise. The Maxi Better Sadly shirt have been, they've been selling very well. If you want to get those, the Grifting Grind shirts, we got some other stuff in the works right now that I'll be releasing shortly. So once again, thank you so much for your support, but I just had to put this up top. I'm not that worried about the Sixers right now. All of my opinions that I said on this episode are kind of the same as they are right now. I'm not going to take any grand conclusions from one game, especially considering that, you know, the Sixers competed with the best team in basketball. Joel got banged up. We got some positive minutes out of the bench. As I said, they even won the bench minutes. DeAndre Jordan looked like an NBA player for the first time. So maybe things will round into shape over the next few games. I've adjusted my expectations for the team, but I'm trying, trying to stay positive folks, as I said on the last episode. So Enjoy this episode. I will talk with you soon. I'll be back later this week. We're going to be doing a lot more stuff down the stretch. I have some ideas for things that I'm going to do on the YouTube channel and just the podcast in general. So once again, thank you for your support. I never know how to end this stuff. So just enjoy. Peace. You know, recently, uh, Joel Embiid postgame, I don't know if you heard this or not, he said, oh, and by the way, uh, I do a pretty good Embiid impression, so... No, 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 we are not, <laughs> we are not getting canceled here on the You Know Ball podcast, we will be... We will be saying PC, and um, we will do right by our king, Joel Embiid. So we are back. Uh, another episode of the You Know Ball podcast. I am excited to be joined for the hundred millionth time by Nihilus Buck, aka Gregory Smith. So, how are we doing today in our PC uh, woke world? Uh, not too bad. Doing well. Uh, you excited to uh, put put the heat pack up today? Oh, buddy, I've been putting them up for about almost a year now, so it's just just been one continued high for me, baby. This feels like probably the best weekend. The Sixers have been up and down all season, so you know they're I in mean, first place right now temporarily. Um, but the Heat being in an absolute spiral downwards has given me new life, given me something 
to look forward to every night. They've now lost four in a row after losing to the Sixers without Tyrese Maxey basically broke the heat uh, by going off at the end of the game when they played them on Monday. They lose to the Sixers without Harden and B. They lose to the Warriors without Steph without and Draymond. Big, with Steph, Draymond, and Clay, and that, then Jordan Poole went the fuck off. And then Jordan Poole, Emmanuel quickly destroys them. I don't know if you saw this, but people were like, "They beat the Knicks without Julius Randle," and I was like, "All right." You know, and more importantly, they blew a twenty-point second-half lead to the Knicks, and it was a thirty-two to eight run to end the game. That was what was most embarrassing about that. I was like, the Knicks without Julius Randle is not really comparable to the other teams, though. (laughs) Come on. I I don't really think Julius Randle makes that big of a difference for the Knicks. All right. Start one, cut one, bench one. Uh, Steph Curry and Draymond Green, Joel Embiid and Harden, Julius Randle. (laughs) (laughs) All the same tier. Hey, look. Julius Randle made uh, what second team All NBA last year? You yeah, can't, and HB you can't... basketball kept. Uh, yeah, got in a fight with me all day because he said he was going to put him on first team over Giannis that last year. <sighs> what a year last year was! We were all pretty much uh, drunk the entire year, apparently. Uh, but the Heat then lose again last night in blowout fashion to Andre Drummond and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, as Andre Drummond hits them with the Tyreek Hill piece on the fast break in the middle of this blowout. Uh, the Heat ended up going 0-4 this week. They have fell out of first place. I believe they're in third place behind you guys now, right? No, we are in, we are the four seed at the moment. Okay. Oh, right, because you guys lost to the Grizzlies last night without Drew. So, ja, and ja, they didn't have job. Ja, okay, the John ja Morant Grizz, less Grizzlies are the best team ever, I think. Literally the best team in NBA history. They're 16-2. and 17-2 now. 17-2, wow. Jesus Christ. So uh, the the Heat are in shambles right now. I don't know if you caught this, but of course, this week in the media, they're doing the roundups. And, and the main thing that they're focusing on is the Spo-Jimmy fight. And the narrative around the NBA and podcasts and media and, and Heat fans in general is that that fight in the middle of the Warriors game when Spo and Haslam got into it with uh, Jimmy Butler, that that would end up bringing them together. <laughs> and then they immediately blew a 20-point lead and lost in blowout fashion to the Nets. But I, I, I don't know if you caught any of this, but it seems to be the narrative is like, oh, they're just tough guys. And they, you know, this is how they communicate. This is, yes, <laughs> everything's uh, fine. Don't worry about the heat. We've never seen Jimmy Butler get into it with his teammates and have it go poorly before. Never. This has never happened before. He's a team guy through and through, doesn't ever focus on himself, doesn't ever get like mad at his teammates or anything. It's all Jimmy Butler's just a team-friendly, team-first guy, and he just got mad at because things weren't going the right way for the team. He wasn't doing the subs right or whatever bullshit came out afterwards. It wasn't that... Jimmy Butler was throwing up bullshit for the 800th game in a row, and they were like, stop throwing up bullshit. <laughs> stop shooting threes. It's the opposite of when people got mad at Ben Simmons for sh- for not shooting threes. With Jimmy Butler, they're like, Jimmy, please stop. You're shooting 8% from three since the All-Star break. Like, Call that P.J. Tucker, too. Yeah. And now, like, it does feel as though – Everyone was fine with the Jimmy Butler stuff when it was in Chicago 
when it was in in Minnesota. The narrative after the Minnesota thing was Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins are soft. Jimmy is the hero of this situation for forcing himself out of uh, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, forces his way to the Sixers. This He comes to the Sixers. Sixers are pretty good for half a season, although at the time, something that gets caught, like lost in that narrative is that Jimmy didn't shoot, didn't actually shoot a three for like a month in that season because he was mad at Brett Brown for not letting him run the offense. And then from there, he leaves the Sixers, goes to the Heat, and it's Joel Embiid. Well, not, not even Joel Embiid. It's everyone with the Sixers was wrong, Ben Simmons, Brett Brown. And because it's always been these guys that are kind of I, – I don't even want to say villains, but guys who aren't thought of very highly around the league, Jimmy's been able to get away with this for, for years. And now that it's Eric Spolstra, who is like a championship head, winning head coach, one of the best coaches in the league, people are finally realizing like this guy is full of shit. <laughs> Basically, it seems that way, at least to me. Oh, we've been there. I've been there a long time. It's just the fake hustle. Jimmy Butler has fake fought how many people in the NBA? Like, <laughs> like 10. He, he's like, I'm going to like. And the entire Miami Heat is the, uh, what are you going to do, stab me, guy who got stabbed? <laughs> like, that whole Markeith Morris Jokic thing, that was like, uh, yep, you fucked around and found out. Oh, no. <laughs> you found out. The like, it, It's basically always hold me back. That's what Jimmy Butler's favorite move is, hold me yeah. back. And he even did it again against Udonis Haslam, who – is still on the heat for bodyguard purposes, I assume. Yeah, he's there to keep Jimmy Butler away from the rest of the team. No. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, my question about Jimmy Butler is he claims he's work, working harder than everyone else at all the time. What for? What is he doing? <laughs> what is he getting out of it? He's clearly not working on the right stuff. Well, do you think after last night's loss he's – he was back in the gym at 2 a.m., woke up an hour earlier, maybe. Yeah, to, spe- yeah. hopefully on, like, the eighth floor again, like the bubble, and just throwing weights on the floor or whatever <laughs> bullshit was made up about the heat back then. When he was on his, his Coke binges calling up journalists at 2 in the morning and being like, listen, I'm so fucking locked. You know that things are going bad for the heat when Jimmy journalists, starts I mean on Rachel his Nichols, but what, what, what? You mean just Rachel Nichols. Uh, yeah. Well, he called Sam Amick when he was in the bubble, too, to talk about how fucking locked in he was. Because you know that things are going bad for the Heat when Jimmy gets on the phone and he calls up a journalist or he's in a media session and he tries all the bubble stuff. He was talking about how stupidly locked in he was before he got destroyed in the playoffs by you guys, the Bucks. He's doing the same thing that he did last year which is basically he's talking about how him being so locked in is actually taking away from his focus (laughs) he wants to win a championship the quote made no sense not in the slightest it's like uh i made the same joke about pj tucker since he immediately just miami basically just stole the entire bucks flow last year after they signed pj tucker and they've just been regurgitating all the same shit but like, especially with Jimmy Butler, it's the it's the image of the crow doing stand up or whatever, and it's get some more material. Cock, 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 cock. It's just locked in, locked in, locked in. Dog, like, cause now the Heat are calling themselves the Dog Pound and everything else, and it's just like, 
we, we just did that. that. That's our thing. Get you, you got nothing new, nothing original, PJ. Hello. Yeah. Like, the 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 heat culture uh, tagline has has seemingly worn off in front of our eyes and jimmy was like kind of the perfect guy and mask and of course pj tucker would buy into the same bullshit i've been calling it bullshit forever uh you're on south beach you get guys that come there on veterans minimum deals you get guys who you know free agents who normally wouldn't come i've said it over and over if you were in memphis or you were in oklahoma city or you were in one of these markets where you didn't have the beach in a major market and all the glamour that comes with living in miami no one would care about your culture, but because you have all of those things, of course, people are going to kind of like want to play there and flock there. And Jimmy has been the perfect kind of mascot for this propaganda over the course of the last few years. But now it feels like he's kind of overstayed his welcome with another team. And I honestly think at this point, the Heat are, they were the one seed for most of the season. And by the way, I, I do just want to say you called this on the last time uh, that we talked about the Heat on the podcast, which I believe was before the season. Yes, exactly. It was before the season. You said you were like, they're going to be the one seed. And everyone's going to talk about how the Heat are this scrappy playoff team that no one wants to play and they don't get enough respect and that they're the one seed. And, you know, no one really talked about them all season, weirdly enough. Like people did talk about them occasionally, but it, for a one seed, it didn't really seem like people were talking about them all that much. And now we're seeing why, <laughs> because they ran themselves into the ground uh, with their try hard bullshit. And even with Bam Adebayo missing all that time, even with Jimmy missing some time, even with, with a all literal guys, sore butt. Or he, What's that? With a literal sore butt. He was butt hurt. Yeah. Uh, even with all of that happening, it does feel like this thing is kind of coming apart at the seams. And my whole thing, like just watching the Sixers game, watching the Warriors, watching the Nets, my whole thing with them is like they can't score in the half court. And in order for them to score in the half court, they need Tyler Hero to play big minutes. And if Tyler Hero is playing big minutes, I watched him get shredded by – Shake Milton, George Niang, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey. Like, how is he going to do when he's getting switched on to with Chris Middleton, with Kevin Durant, with well, all yeah, these guys who are Jason Tatum, who are just going to put him into a fucking blender for an entire series? Like, I realistically think if the Heat win their first round series, they're going to get destroyed by any of the top teams in the East in the second oh, round. Yes. I kind of hope. If they do end up at the one and if the Bucks are the like, if we want to talk about food, like the Heat are food, especially since the Bucks have basically just figured out how to make Jimmy Butler useless. Like, I think he's like a combined uh, 12% in the last like five or six games, including the playoff series. Like, it's amazing seeing like one for nine, like six points. Like, yeah, you guys actually, I think you guys broke his brain in that series because he really is, without the three-point shot, like he's just not the same player when it comes to these big matchups. I actually have a stat just this season, so that's not including the playoffs when he really struggled against you guys. I don't know how poorly he shot from the field in that game. Well, he got outscored that, by Brent Forbes. So I do know he got outscored by Brent Forbes. <laughs> I, I'm legally obligated to bring that up at every time. <laughs> if they end up if they end up in like the two seed and they face the Nets in the first round, uh, 
Seth Curry might double his points, as someone said in a DM uh, this morning. So Jimmy versus Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia this season. Against Brooklyn, he's averaged 12 points on 31% shooting, 0% from three. He's hit zero threes in any of those games. Milwaukee, 13.5 points per game, 33% from the field, 0% from three. And against Philadelphia, 18.7 on 36% from the field and 14% from three. And by the way, the Sixers don't even really have the defenders that should be able to guard Jimmy Tobias. Yeah, like that's I'm not even joking. Like we'll probably put Tobias on him. I mean, that's not like the Nets have a good defense either, really. Like Yeah, but, true. But. I don't even know who was guarding him. Like who's who's locking up Jimmy Butler on the Nets? Uh uh, uh Patty Mills? James Johnson. <laughs> uh Ben Simmons. Kyrie Ford. Irving, the Jimmy Butler stopper. Okay. Oh, by the way, well, at least with the Heat, uh, Jimmy Butler's just a free agent, and they can figure out if they want to move on, right? Clearly. Uh, oh, hold on. Let me take a sip of water. <laughs> what the? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! No, oh, my lord! Can we read the details of Jimmy Butler's contract right now? Yeah. Uh, so Bryn, uh, Bryn Forbes outscored this man in a playoff series, sixty to fifty-eight, and then they gave him two hundred million dollars. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, so this year he makes thirty-six million. Next year he makes thirty-seven point six million. At age thirty-four, he is making forty-five million dollars. At age thirty-five, he is making forty-eight point seven. And at age thirty-six, so four years from now, Jimmy Butler will be making fifty-two point four million dollars. Hell yeah! Wow, that has potential to age as bad, if not worse, than the Russell Westbrook, well, John Wall kind of contract. Throw up the shot charts I put in the You Know Ball Discord the other day where it's it's eerily similar at the Jimmy Butler-Russell Westbrook shot charts. It's just uh, Jimmy Butler's a little bit better in the mid-range. That's Do it. me a favor. Can you yeah. DM me those shot charts Yeah, right now? Throw, because throw I need the- to pull these up on the stream. It's bad. <laughs> The charts, the charts are bad, folks. We uh, please trust me on this. The uh, the Jimmy Butler shot chart is extremely bad this year. What is he shooting from three this season? Uh, He's shooting twenty twenty percent from three this season. Holy shit! Okay, so Jimmy Butler is attempting, at this point, 1.9. So he's still putting up two threes a game. Since he got to Miami, he's shooting 20. He shot 24% from three his first season there. First player to ever leave the Sixers and get worse at shooting threes, by the way. And what does that, how is the bubble, uh, how much of the bubble is that inflating? I'm currently uh, looking that up right now. Um, Jimmy Butler, bubble stats. Because, okay, in the bu- in the bubble, Jimmy Butler shot 33% from three. And outside of the bubble, he has shot 20. Last year, he shot 24% and he shot 20%. And, and this is something that I've talked about, which is basically the, the bubble creating this myth that Jimmy Butler is this like top tier, top level player. 
I even had his stats from uh, outside of the bubble. If you look at his playoff stats, they're not Mm -hmm. even really like that good. Like if you look at his playoff stats as a whole, they're like, he averages like 17 a game on like not very good efficiency. The whole Jimmy Butler myth making that has been happening over the past three to four seasons that he's like this top 10 player that he is like a leader. He can be the number one on a contender is all coming to the surface right now and showing that it's, it's clearly not going to happen. And I truly think that if like, who do you think the heat can even beat in a playoff series in the East? Uh, the Cavs, if Jared Allen's not healthy, (laughs) uh, uh, the the Hornets maybe if they get out of the play in uh, the Bulls the Bulls pretty much exclusively the Bulls <laughs> okay so the Heat should be aiming for the Bulls you, so you think the Raptors would beat them in a series yes wow okay the, the Raptors are just the better version of the Heat So Pascal Siakam is just the better version of Jimmy Butler is what you're trying to say here. Yes. Unironically. Unironically. So at this point we have the Heat. I think the Heat would beat. Does this work? Oh, you have this. How'd you get the shot chart up? I don't. This is horrible because I downloaded them and and put them in paint together (laughs) then blew it up. It probably looks like dog shit. But no, anyway. this is the Jimmy Butler shot chart that we were talking about. So on the left is is Russell Westbrook, right? Yes, on the left is Russell Westbrook, on the right is Jimmy Butler. It's it's not pretty. It's a lot of red, folks. <laughs> Jimmy is shooting at least Jimmy percent. to his credit is not shooting threes. Russell Westbrook is shooting the shit out of threes. 104 <laughs> attempts. He's never, never making them, but he he at least can make them from the corners. So let's look at Jimmy's three-point shooting from each zone. So if we look at the left corner, he's shooting three for 21 on threes. Yep, 14%. League average, 38. Oh, my God. Uh, Two for 17 from the left wing, uh, 11%. Uh, 0 for 5 from the key. I'm assuming a heave here. We won't count that one. Yeah. Uh, six or 25, 24%, league average 35% from the right wing. And then it, he's hot from the right corner, baby. Eight for 25, <laughs> 32%. <laughs> he's shooting like Matisse Thibel from the right corner. I think you could just say he's shooting like Matisse Thibel. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Matisse Thibel's way better at shooting threes than this. Yeah, 50, 40, 90, baby. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Matisse Thibel, who who I've been trashed in the You Know Ball Discord for calling the worst offensive player in the NBA, uh, is at least shooting 32% from three, I think, this season. And on his career, he's shooting like 31 or 32%. Jimmy Butler is, is, is much better or much worse at shooting threes now. So if you look at Jimmy's chart altogether, the areas where he's the most efficient are... Uh, two for two, uh, two for four. <laughs> from just inside the just inside the foul line, and then that, that even his finishing, like yeah, he, he's shooting fifty six percent at the rim. Yep. Wow. And then uh, his his uh, just outside of the restricted area mid range shots, he's shooting thirty percent from the right mid range and forty percent from the left mid range, which is like. 
Yeah, no, not good. Uh, wow, I'm shocked at how bad how bad he is shooting this season. And kind of just going back to, we're all over the place here, but I'll, I'll hold it on this. God, Westbrook's chart is hilarious. He's like, Westbrook's chart's basically all red except for the left corner. <laughs> hey, he's also uh, 53% on 15 attempts from inside the, uh, the, just inside the top of the key. Yeah, that's weird. I don't Westbrook, start shooting more from just above the foul line in between the three-point line. Apparently. 52% from the rim. <laughs> oh, my God. Dante DiVincenzo as. Speaking of the worst offensive player in the NBA, Russell Westbrook. Uh, so Speaking of the worst offensive player in the NBA, Dante DiVincenzo. Also, Villanova legend, Philadelphia, Michael Jordan of Delaware. So I think the Heat, going back to what we were saying about the Heat, I just love that we've gone on 20 minutes now of trashing Jimmy Butler and the heat. This I is thought we were, this could be the whole episode. I'm going to take this down now. <laughs> I think we've gotten the, what we need out of the shot charts. I can, I can do a fucking series on this, dude. Yeah. I can do an <laughs> episode six. Series. Welcome to episode six of the heat shitting uh, podcast funeral. So right now, I think that the heat could beat in a series. I think they could probably beat the Cavs, although if Jared Allen does come back, I think that would be a competitive series. I think they could probably beat the Bulls just because the Bulls can't seem to beat anyone. Lonzo seems to be out for the rest of the season. And DeMar DeRozan could... has uh, figured out that he can't just shoot 90% from inside the arc for an entire season. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we know, the spring came around and DeMar DeRozan turned into Dion Waiters once again. When we when we sprung forward, Demar was like, "No, no, the playoffs are coming. My body clock, no." <laughs> Demar Derozan just turns into the best player ever after we uh, get rid of daylight savings time at the end of the, um, the fall here. <laughs> Finally, Demar- I'm adjusted. <laughs> Oh my God, I don't have to just to that hour. I am literally prime Michael Jordan again somehow from the mid range. So we have, I think they can beat the Raptors. I think that, I think that series will probably go seven. My thing with the Raptors is like the Raptors also can't score in the half court. And I, I trust, th- I trust Siakam to score more often than I do Bam or Butler or PJ Tucker. And Scotty yeah. Barnes is about well. Scotty Barnes is about on the level of Tyler Harrow, like kind of so far. Like I don't trust the Heat at all. Who would be the best shot creator in a Raptors Heat series? Is a good question. Uh, Fred someone, Van Fleet. Uh, yeah. Either Probably. Tyler Hero or Fred Van or Fred Fleet. Fleet. I don't even. Yeah. yeah. That's and I meant Fred bad. Van Fleet, not Scotty Barnes. Good lord. Uh, <laughs> I knew what, what you meant. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say different players, but at this point, oh my God, that series, the final score would be like 64. It would be like a college game. College game, yeah. Did you see, (laughs) God, the game yesterday that ended like 50 to 44? I'm like, what are we doing to sports? Oh God. Yeah, Villanova making the final four. That would be every game of a Raptors Heat series. Yeah, it would look like 2004 basketball. It'd just be disgusting. (laughs) It would be Pacers, Pistons, Eastern Conference Finals level of scoring. God, there would be so many bricks just going back and forth, just chucking up bricks. Like, it would be a disgusting series. BJ Tucker has shot twelve percent from three in the in the, but they're still doubling him in the quarter for some reason. <laughs> so, 
I think the Heat could beat anyone in the bottom tier. I think they would lose to I think they would get crushed by I think they would get crushed by the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Nets. I think that they would steal a game or two from the Sixers because Spo will just figure out a way to break Doc's brain and James Harden will be probably out due to uh rest when we play in Miami for one game. So I think that the Heat probably can't beat any of the top teams. And I think that they, and I've been thinking they're frauds all season, but this latest run has proven to me that they truly are frauds. And I, if they, I think everyone is going to try to, that last week of the season, the, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Sixers will be trying to angle themselves so that they can play the Heat in the second round. <laughs> we'll see. I've, uh, it is my opinion that the Bucks don't give a fuck. I don't know if the other teams give a fuck. Like, I don't think the Celtics do. I think the Sixers care a little bit, but they also want to get Embiid the MVP. So, like, they're not going to tank to the four seed because, generally speaking, if you look at the history of the MVP, every team has a top three seed that wins MVP. Even Jokic got the three seed last year on – even though, like, Jamal Murray got hurt and stuff. So, I think that in order for – like, I don't think the Sixers are going to tank out of the top three if they're in the top three. But yeah. – if they can, if the Heat end up in the three, if the Heat are like the two seed, the Sixers could tank to the three seed so that they get the Heat in the second round instead of getting the Bucks or the Celtics. Yeah. Because I don't think that they want to face the, I think they'd rather face the Heat than the Bucks or the Celtics for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is, well, not a favorite thing, but an important thing to notice is the Raptors are now out of the play in. So the Nets uh, defaulting to the once the eight seed is kind of, uh, Kind of out of the picture at the moment. The right, because they would the play play-in. the Cavs, right? Yeah, yep. So the play-in right now, because then you would get a full <laughs> full strength, quote-unquote, Nets team. They don't even really need Ben Simmons at this point. Well, yeah, he'd make them worse. <laughs> I don't know, Bruce dude. They're, they're they just have another Bruce Brown. <laughs> well, they'll have tall Bruce Brown, tall, big, That's strong true. Bruce Brown with a broken back and imposter syndrome. Bruce Cloud, we're going to check him into the game. So at this point, it does feel like, yeah, it's probably going to be Cavs versus Nets in the plan, which means Kyrie can play in that game. And I think that especially if Jared Allen isn't back, that the Nets would probably easily take that. And I think they'd get the seven seed. I think that the two seed is going to be a matchup that I don't really think the Celtics and Bucks care. Yeah, the Bucks don't care, but... Do you think the Nets care? Like, if it's like the, I think if it's the Bucks, they might consider losing and playing the Heat. Like, if the Heat's the one seed, and the Bucks the two seed, I think they might consider tanking the play and get because they'll know they'll beat the Hornets. So uh, whoever the hell's the ten seed right now, the I Hawks. just don't think they can take that risk because That's, okay, it's let's a one game that. pick it all, but it's a one game all, and we have Kevin Durant. Like, I don't know. True, but they also like. I don't know. We've seen some crazy shit happen in one game, dude. Like, right. Trey, especially Trey. with Trey. Like, remember game yeah. one, Trey last year when he fucking destroyed the Sixers and beat the Bucks. Like, Trey, well, the Bucks had just the gotten Hawks. out of a game seven, and the the Hawks had had two days rest, and it was like yeah, the Haw- Bucks were exhausted and just got beat by exhaustion. But you know, okay. But at the same time, well, first off, that's not true because we're our game seven was after yours. Was it? Our game oh, seven yeah. was you were you guys had the two days rest. But at the same time, the Hawks, yeah, your little fucking fan brain over there. I can I can I can hear the excuses popping up. The 
Uh, the Bucks, I don't think won an entire. Besides the Heat, get Heat, they didn't win a game one the entire time. Like Bud, Bud apparently just takes a game or two to calibrate. I guess now sure. I don't know what's going. Sure. I don't know. It was so funny that stat. We were like, we were literally like, zero and five in like game ones in the last two years, and then like games two through six, we were like seventeen and four or something. It was like, what is going on? I mean, you guys even went to overtime with the Heat in that in that yeah. first game last year. But my point was that do you like as much as the Hawks suck, if the Hawks beat the Hornets in the first play in game, because reminder, the play in is I, I there, some people are have been confused over this, but it's basically the 19 nine seed plays the 10 seed. The seven seed plays the eight seed. The winner of the seven, eight games gets the seven seed. The loser of that game plays the winner of the nine, 10 game. So it would be like Hornets Hawks. Let's say the Hawks win or even let's say the Hornets win. Do you really want to just like put your entire season on one game? Like, I don't think you can tank a play in game. Like, I think you have to try to win the play in games because like, what if Kevin Durant gets hurt in the first quarter of, of, of that game? Or what if Kyrie Irving goes on another vision quest and you can't find (laughs) him and then you have to play against the, uh, the Hawks and Trey young scores 50. Like you just can't really risk it. So I think I've heard people say that like, Oh, maybe a team will tank, but like I just I think because it's a like a winner take all uh type thing that no one's gonna like strategically do that. They're just gonna try to get and also I don't think that the Nets are afraid of anyone. I think that the Bucks and Celtics are definitely a worse matchup for the Nets than the Sixers and the Heat are. I think that the Sixers and the Heat have things that the, the Nets can exploit. And I do think that, that whether it's the Bucks or the Celtics, that I think that it's going to end up being one of the best first round series that we've seen in quite some time. You don't really seem like you think that you guys will crush the Nets because you have sicko brain, right? <laughs> uh, I don't I define crush. Like, I think it'll go six, but like, I, yeah, I'm confident the Bucks will win this time like, again. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I don't, I'm glad, I'm almost glad the vaccine mandate got lifted because I don't want to hear any goddamn excuses this time when we beat them. Like, I just want to beat them, and then I don't have to hear about them ever again. That's what I want. <laughs> Their defense is pretty bad, I will say. I think that they have games where they can lock in, like Jimmy Butler, and they can really like play decent defense, like as we saw against the Sixers, and as we saw against like some teams that struggle to score sometimes. But in a seven-game series, I'm not sure. <laughs> and the one thing is, I I think Ben Simmons actually. Only because Ben Simmons, if he is healthy, is a good enough defender to, like, take on number one assignments. In a Boston series, he could be crucial, even though half-court-wise, offensively, he kind of screws things up a little bit. And you can't really play him with an Andre Drummond type. You can't really play two non-shooters at the same time. because He's then- P.J. Tucker who can't even pretend to shoot on offense. <laughs> But my point is that right now, <laughs> if they are to go up against you guys or they're to go up against the Celtics, like who are they going to put on the main perimeter options that can slow down anyone? Because they don't really have anyone that could, like, are they going to put Kevin Durant out on the perimeter? Like, so they're going to want Kevin Durant to score 50 points in a game to try to carry the offense along with Kyrie, obviously. That was the games the Nets won is when Kevin Durant literally had the best series of his life and he, they still lost. Like, obviously, Kyrie got hurt in game four. We don't talk about the fact the Bucks were already up 15 when Kyrie got hurt. That's fine. It's whatever. Uh, 
You're, <laughs> you're not trade. changing the narrative. I know. By the way. I know. You're not. <laughs> like it was such a that series was fucking wild because like the Bucks like the Bucks beat their beat their own Drew and Chris basically almost fucked us or Drew especially almost lost the series by himself like he was really so, bad to start especially yeah. to start that series. Yeah, if like and Drew's obviously played oh, so much better this year like even not even just as good as Lakers season last year just he has been incredible like this year like. I don't know what if he keeps that up, it's not going to be a series at all. But like, I don't expect that level to maintain in the playoffs. Like, but some like even a step below that is going to be about seven steps above what he did in the net series last year. So, well, well, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the teams that you want to face in the East because the Miami Heat. Well, obviously. Okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I did miss. I did miss. We'll we'll just do one one last little thing on the Heat because I this is my favorite thing to do in the world. Oh, I love it so much. I could do an entire side podcast just trashing the Heat, like fucking a spinoff. But G- let's say Jimmy, let's say the Heat lose in the first, or maybe they get crushed by a good team in the second round. Jimmy forces a trade this off season. One, what team is taking that contract? And two. Uh-huh. Where would he want to go? The Lakers for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> the Rockets for John Wall. They have to throw uh, in three first round picks. Oh my God. Can you imagine Kevin back. Porter Jr., Christian Wood, and Jimmy Butler in the same locker room? That would Jaylen go wonderful. Oh, oh God. God. Steven would Silas be- would quit. <laughs> so realistically i've thought about it i think the one team that might be willing to do that and i saw someone suggest this i'm sorry i forget who it was on twitter but someone tweeted if jimmy were to force a trade or if the heat and jimmy were just to be like look we went all for it this year we their their escape plan seems to be let's try to sign bradley beal in the offseason which okay I mean, I, I've gotten in trouble for laughing at the Heat and the Lakers before when they were down, and then they signed some bullshit, and you're Can like... Can I interest you in a second Tyler Harrow? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Hero on one of the biggest contracts in the history of the NBA. What Tyler Harrow thinks, what he, what Tyler Harrow thinks he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's say they can't. Let's say the Heat are like, look, we just want to rebuild. We're going to try to build around Bam and Hero, which hysterical. The fact that people they're going to max Tyler Harrow, and it's going to be amazing. What it? What is Tyler Hero? Because Jamal Crawford. <laughs> like, what's a high end outcome for Tyler Hero? Jamal Crawford. <laughs> I was going to say Dion Waiters, but fine. Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> I I have called him the, the less athletic Jordan Clarkson many times. Uh, I think that, like, if Tyler Hero hits his ceiling, is he an all-star? Uh, in this current East? No, if he was in the West, yes, at the moment. Probably. Okay. So I've said before, I think that his ceiling might be like, and I, I can't remember, I, this comp has been thrown out there a few times, but like a CJ McCollum type, where 
he's good and he puts up numbers, but if he's your number one perimeter option, you're going nowhere. Sure. And he's probably going to be on the outskirts of the all-star conversation and maybe never make a team depending on context of situation. So the idea that Bam and, and hero are good enough to build around is, is kind of funny in itself, but so let's say they get to the offseason. and Jimmy's like, I want to trade. I think the only teams that I think would be desperate enough to try to take him on. I don't even want to say desperate. Like, but like, I could see the Clippers being like, let's just double down on the wing fetish thing. Who did, just, what contracts do they have? They have what? Uh, is Powell? Good? No, Powell's up, right? No, Powell, Powell has like a signed a five-year extension last oh, offseason. So. Okay. So they could trade like Norman Powell, Mark, Marcus Morris, and I don't know, maybe if they have any picks lying around, Terrence Mann. So uh, I just want to point this out there. Um so you have those picks lying around in Tobias Harris's contract. <laughs> I've thought about it. And Joel Embiid is like best friends with Jimmy Butler, allegedly. I... I'm coming home. I'm coming <laughs> home. Tell the world. And I can dig up that SI cover I made fun of forever. Oh, the fuck. process this. Please stop. <laughs> I photoshopped the uh, Arrested Development. We demand to be taken seriously in Joel Embiid's hands on that cover. <laughs> All right. Cut his mic. Uh, we're going to edit this part out. Cut his uh, vine. <laughs> cut so, guy's vine. So we have uh, – we have Tobias. So the thing is is that the Sixers really only have one or two picks that they can trade this offseason. Okay. So if the, I don't think the Heat would be like, yeah, we're dying to take back Tobias Harris, Jaden Springer, and two first round picks for Jimmy Butler. Like I think Pro- they'd, yeah, probably, they'd probably demand Maxi, and then you you guys would go no, and that'd be yeah, the end of that. I'm not, but I'm not giving up Maxi for yeah, he's better than Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I will openly <laughs> Maxi better sadly. Better, sadly. I, yeah. yeah, I've been saying it again. I you know maybe you'll take another. I, <laughs> ESPN propaganda machine. If Butler, if they get swept, is going to talk about Russell Westbrook for J- Jimmy Butler. R- call- ben Steiner's going to cream himself. Uh, that tweet last <laughs> night where he said Russell Westbrook just needs heat culture, baby. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you're basically it's a one for one swap if you think about it. We Russell saw those Westbrook. shot charts. Uh, they're the exact same player. It's fine. <laughs> the thing about Jimmy is that at least he'll play defense. Russ doesn't play defense, and Russ doesn't play basketball. and the about the jimmy thing i don't first off i don't think they'd be able to trade tobias and like whatever for jimmy i don't think the heat would ever do that but could you imagine a james harden jimmy butler locker room oh yeah that would go great there would never be any issues He's the third star that they've been targeting. Like that would be a disaster. I don't even what I've thought about certain guys where I'm like Harden in himself brings his own locker room issues. If you add Jimmy Butler into that mix and then those two have to like pretend to get along and that's like, a beef and you got a stew going. <laughs> if, if James, you have James Harden's uh, work life balance approach, let's call it and Jimmy Butler's, uh, sociopathic fake, fake work. work life approach yeah exactly his fascist fake workaholic uh approach to the game i don't think that things would end well between even though 
Jimmy has wanted them to get hardened. He wanted them to get hardened last season and the team did not do it. But I don't really see, like, I don't see the heat doing anything in the playoffs. I think that they're going to flame out. And I think, I think that people over, over look how bad a blow up like that can be in the middle of the season. Like if that happens in the middle of a game, what is happening behind those doors? What is happening off the court that, like, you don't just bounce back from that and then go on a title run. Like, the, the Heat are are already not good enough. And then they have all this internal turmoil, and they're trying to spin it as, oh, we're going to be fine. This is how we <laughs> – everything's fine at home. Don't worry about mom and dad. They're fighting every night. It's fine. You know, they're definitely not getting a divorce. Things are going off the rails there, and, and, and it is going to end very, very soon for the Heat. I feel as though that was just kind of the beginning of the end. But let's move on to the next few things, which is my question, which I posed on Twitter. I know what your answer to this is going to be because you have the ultimate sicko fan brain. But do the Celtics have a real chance to win the East? Um, Probably, but like I would, they'd be third or fourth in my power rankings i would say who would you have above obviously you're gonna have the bucks i know you yeah so the bucks Bucks, nets bucks nets and then the celtics i would think and then or you you guys i don't know i if like harden's hamstrings have looked at this the approach is eerily similar to last year that i'm getting a little worried i don't know if i don't know if you guys are or not but Oh, yeah, I'm a little worried for sure because he comes out and he has one game where he looks incredible and he looks spry and like the Clippers game, like he looked awesome. Even the second half of the Lakers game, he looked awesome. And they're talking behind the scenes about they have a hamstring specialist who wrote a book on hamstrings. And I'm like, yeah, I, like, like you can hear the excuses a little bit building up, like if he flames out in the playoffs already, like, well, he had the hamstring and it's like, well, he's kind of getting old. Like, so that, I'm worried before- about it, but I'm. Yeah, sorry. I no, just wanna, before your Discord massacres me for 10 days after they hear that specific line, it's only because I'm a little worried about Harden at the moment. Otherwise, I'd put them above I'd probably put them right next to right above the Celtics too and have the Celtics in my like they'd be the obviously the top 4 seed. Well, the Nets are in the top 4 seed, but I think if the Nets I think I'd put I I I'm, I'm this might be crazy, but I think I'd put the Celtics above the Nets. I think that you guys and the Celtics have the best chance of Winning the East, and despite I despite that- whatever I say, uh, Kevin Durant still terrifies me. So. <laughs> I know Kevin Durant's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I think that Kevin Durant, if Kevin Durant's on your team, you're going to have a shot to win the title for sure. He's unbelievable. And in one series, maybe I'll eat my words, and maybe maybe the the Celtics and Nets face off in the first round, and the Nets win. I don't know, but I do think that like the Celtics have been playing at a level for about two or three months now, that is, if we removed all the names of the players from the Celtics, if we remove the idea that we have about the players on the Celtics and just the Celtics and how they started this season, and we said we put up their statistical profile up against the Suns, the Bucks, the all the contenders – we would say, oh, well, this team is clearly a contender. But because we have this association with the Celtics and their players, I think that they might be getting a little bit overlooked in terms of – like, it's possible Jason Tatum has just finally, finally made the leap. 
Well, he does this every year. Like yeah. the the Jason Tatum like calendar tweet that comes up every it's year. So true. It's one hundred percent true. Like also like Jason Tatum for MVP, he played like shit for two months. Get the fuck yeah. out of here! Like that's ridiculous. It's he insane. played like absolute dog shit. If you want the MVP, play like this the whole season. Then yeah, you probably win MVP. Like yeah, you also no, I agree. Celtics be the easy one seed if you weren't tanking for two months. Like uh, so forgive me if I'm wrong. I, the Celtics did not have Jalen last year, right? When they played the Nets, correct. And they, I mean, obviously, yeah, the Celt- the Nets had everybody, and they still lost two games to J- Jason Tatum is like a – Jason Tatum is sa- like the same as like they the Durant – like oh, the, that was one game where the Tatum scored 50 and they won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and, okay. Well, but also, like you said, the Nets had everyone healthy. That was Harden's best series. If you go back and you watch the highlights from that series, Evan Fournier and Tristan Thompson were getting fucking roast. They were yep. so bad in that series defensively that I think that that is what made the Celtics be like, we're only going to care about defense now. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Portis got played off the floor for the Bucs. Like, I'm not going to make any – I am so fucking glad Brooks back and looks good. And I honestly think Serge Ibaka is going to play over Bobby in a net, potential net series. Like, yeah, I mean, there are certain guys that just can't kind of play in those matchups, which is what scares me about the Sixers because we have the corpse of DeAndre Jordan as our backup. And in those minutes, any against any good teams, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets, we're going to lose those minutes by 15 points every single time. God, the like, yeah, like last year, whatever, the Greg Monroe plus minus versus the yeah, Embiid plus minus is just... Ago at this point. Yeah. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, that was a while I was, ago. I, I was listening to an old podcast, I guess. Uh <laughs> The who, was your back, who was your backup last year? Um, Dwight Howard. Oh, yeah, Dwight Howard. The Dwight Howard and B plus minus. Like, yeah, it's yeah, just it your backup bad. big just gets cooked. Uh, yeah, every time. And we 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 just will not fix that. Doc's not even going to try. Part of the reason why I feel as though I've adjusted my expectations is because I expect unless Embiid can play forty two minutes a game at a high level, then I feel. I feel not great about our chance. Like we win the minutes with Harden and Embiid on the court uh, by a lot, but they're both, they both have question marks. Like Harden has the question marks about his health. Embiid has worn on as the season has gone on before. And although we do win those minutes, we're winning those minutes against team. Like the Raptors were a very good team, but offensively they didn't have quite the juice that some of the teams that we'll be facing. And like, you guys are really good offensively this season. Uh, the Nets are obviously very good offensively. The Celtics have had the number two offense in the NBA over the last month. I don't want to get too caught up in this period of the season where teams really don't give a shit. Like, I don't really think the Bucs or the Sixers care as much about this point of the season as some of the other teams do. Like, the younger teams that have... What I'm worried about the Celtics is like... and. I will perfectly st- state I don't watch the Celtics every time or as much as anyone who's qualified to talk about them. Uh, so I'm any, but like besides like Tatum and probably Jalen, like who else on that team can like get a bucket if they need a bucket? Like Marcus yeah. Smart's going to shoot. It's not going to go in, but he's going to shoot. Yeah. Like I don't think you can rely on Peyton Pritchard and Grant Williams to shoot 42% from three in the playoffs. Like true. Yeah, the shooting is what worries me the most, to be honest, about the Celtics. If I were like – their their fate hinges on Jalen and Jason playing at an an elite level for the playoffs. Like that thing – I'm comfortable stamping Tatum as can play elite in the playoffs because we've seen it. Like, like, But Jalen, I – 
I'm I don't, not 100 percent sure I remember any Jalen playoff moments, but like I, he's been good. But like, yeah, he definitely will have like Jalen is, you know, if he if Jalen has the ball, things can go bad. But if yeah, Jalen is working off the ball and he's like a play finisher type, he's much better. Because it's just like I don't I don't think Jalen like I think Jalen would have to like maintain his current level and then Rob Williams would have to like be the second best player despite Jalen maintaining his current level for them me to take them seriously as like a title yeah. contender because I don't think they have like that second option like the Jalen is good but like like he's not as good as Chris Middleton I'm gonna you can yell at me if you want but that's true and like you need it's you need exactly like everyone tells me he's the worst Chris, second option ever Chris to win a title in the playoffs. Yeah. Like that's like the way he played in the playoffs last year. He carried you guys against the Hawks and then killed it in the finals, I believe. Yeah, forty points in the game four of the finals. Not not, not to brag or anything. One of yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Speaking of, I don't know if we want to talk about the West of who we, we want to talk about the West. Sure, the West. why not? Well, you know who I want to play in the West because I not no for not fear do not fear them at all. The Suns. Yeah, just give me the Suns again, baby. I... <laughs> the Suns have been. Re- it, it does feel as though we're playing the Suns tonight, so by the time this episode comes out, we might not even be the one seed anymore. But it, it is, I think it's possible the Celtics could be the one seed by as early as, as tonight. It does feel as though it is being a little bit under-discussed how dominant the Suns have been this season, though. Like, yeah, they're the I'm not talking about... Bucks. What's that? They're the 1920 bucks. I mean, what did you guys finish record-wise that year? Uh, we were on pace for 70 wins and then the bubble happened, but gotcha. It was like, they came out just storming and everyone's like, Oh, the bucks are just going to roll shit. It's like, no, they have the exact same flaws. Like they're going to go, we have eight and we're going to go, we have Giannis again. And it's just going to go exactly the same way. Like, and Drew just locks up Chris Paul in jail. And then it's like, okay, Devin Booker, you can score 35 if you want, but the rest of the team's like, is not going to work. So go for it. I do like, think that the Suns, the Suns having a little bit more chemistry, a little bit like an extra year. They haven't made any additions that make me think that like they should be a much better team than they were last year. And the one thing is that is that people <laughs> they made talking, their team more like last year, trading away Jalen Smith for Tory Craig again. Yeah, no, they they basically just rebuilt their same team from last year. Now they have who's their backup center? Javale McGee. That's, Javale and Bismack Biombo. But that's a. As sad as it is, that's a major upgrade over Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, Giannis, <laughs> that man in hell. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, is it is it one of those things where like you know you guys won that series, but most of the games were pretty close on yeah. each end. Like that was a really good series. Like there, I don't think there was a blowout the entire series. Uh, I, game I three, we won by twenty, and it was never close. Okay, so other than that, it was a pretty close series. So I think that I. I wonder with the Suns, and I know that people keep saying like, oh, they don't have another gear to go to, but I'm like, their gear right now is pretty fucking good. And with Steph's injury with with the West and Jaws injury with the Grizzlies. I just I know- don't tr- I don't trust the Grizzlies, I don't think are gonna be like have a playoff gear because they are basically depth and just working like Taylor Jenkins, Bud uh, Bud Disciple, uh just yeah, I just don't trust them in the playoffs right now. Like I don't think they've got what they they're young they'll like obviously you never want to believe they'll be back but i think they're good but just not enough to win the west i don't know i think that i think that the suns would beat them in a series i think that 
I I think the Grizzlies could easily get to the conference finals, though, and who who knows from that point. It's possible you could be right, but I every time I watch the Grizzlies, I just think they play really well as a team. I think that they're solid one through eight. And if Ja can play on the same level as he played in that ja, that Jazz series last year, which, of course, it is the Jazz and they have their perimeter defense issues, so keep that in mind. But I I, I think that the way the, the improvements from Desmond Bain – that guy shooting wise and like on the ball now when Ja is sitting has been really, really impressive. And like, I don't think they're good enough to win the title, but I could see them. And and the comp that has been made all throughout the season is the Warriors before they were really, really good. And I don't know if they're that level of good, but I could see them being like a pain in the ass second round out against a team like the Warriors if they're healthy or I could see them making it to the conference finals. And then from there, like if they made it to the finals, I think that they would probably get beat by whoever comes out of the East. I think whoever wins the East is going to win the finals unless there's some major injury. So I think so too. I mean, I, I think the only team from the West that I'm like pretty confident, although I don't know, like if, if we get a healthy warriors team, do you think they could win the finals? Yes. That's probably the one team where I'm like, yeah, I would. I feel as though because they have Steph and Draymond and they have that history, plus their depth is like better than it has been in in pa- the past few seasons, especially with Jordan Poole playing as well as he has. That they could. By the way, Jordan Poole or Tyler Hero? Jordan Poole. Yeah, I'd take Jordan Poole too. He's a hooper. I love. I'd, t- I'd take Jonathan Kamingo for a Tyler Hero. <laughs> I take James Wiseman for it. Okay. <laughs> Charity. Um, you know what first round I want to see? Just because I think I don't think they'd lose, but it'd be a really fun series. Is What's Timberwolves that? Grizzlies? That would that would be a really good series. I agree. I think it would go like six. six. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be a yeah, game I, where like Ant and Cat are both hot at the same time and they win. It'd be just a really fun series, but. But, and and people keep talking up the Timberwolves, but the Timberwolves are the perfect example of that thing that I was talking about, which is that this stretch of the season, do you remember the 17-18 Sixers when Joel wow. got hurt and they won like 20 games in a row to win, like to end the season and jumped up to like the two seed or the three seed, I think. And everyone was like, oh, watch out for the Sixers. And then we got to the playoffs and we're like, the Sixers are not good enough to win anything. Yeah. This it very it's very reminiscent of those kind of runs that we see at the end of the season from the, what the Timberwolves are doing now. Where like the Timberwolves are like a good team and they could be a pain in the ass out in the playoffs, but like I don't think that they're like I don't believe the articles that are like the Timberwolves are the team that no one wants to play right now. I'm like, if you're a top three seed, you can't be afraid of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, no, but I think I'd rather play like the Clippers or <laughs> the, yeah. the Lakers. Right? What? Okay. If the I know anything can happen in the play-in, they need to abolish the play-in. If the twelve game above five hundred Timberwolves don't make the playoffs because they lose in the play-in. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like, can you imagine, like, the Lakers are 10, 11 games under 500 and are resting players knowing that they're still going to make the play-in. It's embarrassing. Are they Are they going to make the play-in, though, yes. is the question. Yes. Let's look at the standings. Let's pull up the standings right now. Hold on. I'm pulling up the standings because we have the – and okay, so, yeah, so they're ahead of the Pelicans still. 
I I didn't realize that. I guess the Pelicans were because at, at one point the the Lakers were the ten seed. So the Lakers are the ten seed or the nine seed right now, and they're a half a game up on the Pelicans, but they're only a game and a half ahead of the Spurs. <laughs> for the for yeah. like, there is a world where the Lakers fall out of the play-in. It'd be very funny. It would be hysterical. At this point, right now, the plan is going to be the Timberwolves and the Clippers in the 7-8 and the Lakers and the Pelicans in the 9-10. I'm going to be honest. I, I know that they have LeBron and maybe if Anthony Davis comes back. I don't I don't think that the, – you joked before the season that they were – or the first week of the season that they were a play-in contender. And But you were being serious. You were like, I don't really see this team as anything more than a play-in team. And if they play the Clippers, and I know Paul George is coming back. Like, let's say the Timberwolves beat the Clippers. He the the, first... Like, he's doing like non-contact stuff. Like, I don't see the Clippers like rushing. Like, yeah. If, like, I don't see the point of playing Paul George. Like, yeah. I don't think they're going to rush him back either. So let's say they don't bring back Paul George. The Lakers. Do the Lakers beat the Pelicans in a playoff yes. game? Okay. Uh, again, in a winner-take-all, I'm going to take the team that has LeBron James on it. Uh, yeah. Like when LeBron, LeBron James has cares. to play, yeah. When he cares, the last game he cared was the Warriors game, where he scored like 60 <laughs> points, and it was like, yeah. oh, LeBron is just LeBron James still, I guess. And then he went right back to, okay, I'm not even going back on defense. I hate all of you. Right. So I don't know if you've listened to Kevin Artovitz on the Low Post when they were talking about the All NBA teams, but he was ba- he put LeBron first team All NBA. And his well, argument he only was, had one center, right? Then he didn't have Jokic or Embiid on there. Then yeah, yeah, he, he left off one of Jokic or Embiid. I think I can't remember who, but he had LeBron on first team, and his argument was, I don't think that LeBron is like dogging it. Which do you watch Lakers games? Do you watch? Because he's very I, obviously stat padding. Oh, yeah. No, that's the sicko I am, of course. I have to continue my Russell Westbrook agenda. That, that was incredibly correct. Not a top 30 point guard. Uh, 40. I said 40. Top, oh, 40. Top 40. There we go. He's he's slated in at the 45th best point guard in the NBA right now. You can't take that away from him. He has kids, you know. You can't call him Russell Westbrook. He has kids. He has a family. Man has a family. This is the side of, this is the side of Russell Westbrook you don't talk about. Oh, don't get don't don't worry. I have uh, my James Harden doing charity pictures ready for when the Sixers <laughs> get down to the playoffs. Uh, so we have, yeah. So basically, he was saying that LeBron is not dogging it, and that it's just that he has a worse team and teammates, and that that should his team record shouldn't take away from him making All NBA. And I'm like, with the way the league is stacked right now. You're really going to put LeBron in this year where he clearly does not give a shit and is cherry picking on defense so that he can just stat pad and not I would even hope he has like, Jokic first team center then like no offense to Embiid if he thinks like if he's anyway keep going Wait why would you what does that have to do with anything If his reasoning for LeBron is that his teammates suck and that's why he Oh okay I see what you're saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Although the on-off numbers are looking a little bit better now for Embiid. Uh, just saying. Jokic's uh, bench is actually has NBA players on it now. It's actually two Bucks legends in Brent Forbes and, and uh, Boogie Cousins. 
So oh, Jesus Christ. It does feel as though that this uh, well, we could just talk a little bit about the all NBA because we've already gotten all the Eastern conference and Western conference stuff out of there. Your pick to come out of the West, your pick to come out of the East, just say that up top uh, for the, the champion of oh, Phoenix, Milwaukee again. Okay. So you're going Phoenix, Milwaukee, you're going bucks win the title. And this is not just your yeah. fan brain. This is really what you think is going to happen. Assuming our health. Yeah. Like Brooke Lopez is back and looks literally as good or better than he was. He, said in an interview that he like had been dealing with this injury for years and finally got it corrected and he's moving okay. better than ever he said which again take the athlete we'll lying see. about yeah like we'll believe like obviously it's like no but he looks good and so far he hasn't had any like had to sit out any games due to like like back soreness he's played every game since he got back which i think is a good sign and like the shot isn't as good. Like the shot is, I thought it was a lot better. Uh, maybe it's been better the last couple games and was really bad up the start. Cause I was like, Hey, you shooting like, I don't know, like 40% on like seven threes total, but it's, he's at like 30% for the season. So I don't know what the hell I was talking about, but uh, I don't know. He's looking good. So that's gives me a lot. He's defense is just, we missed him so much. Like, I can't describe yeah, how a, much it makes a big difference for your defense for sure. How much Brooke Lopez like matters to the Bucks? Like, I was so happy he's back and he looks good on defense. So, just, if you could paint a perfect route to a championship, what would it be? Like this uh, year, a realistic one. Like uh, first round Nets, second round Celtics, third round if, Sixers. If we, or Heat. If, yeah, if we want the full agenda rounds, would be first round Nets, second round Sixers, third round Celtics, or first round Raptors, second round. Uh, Celtics or Sixers third round Nets or something like yeah sort of a revenge tour of of yeah. of, of sorts so okay and then Suns again and then your West pick is the Suns okay I right. yeah I don't the Suns if I were to rank them it'd be Suns Warriors and then I don't expect anyone else to win barring injuries I still need to see the seeding breakout like I want to see the seeding before I make my pick because I feel as though the Celtics Bucks. And then depending on the route that the Sixers and Nets have are all all could possibly win the East. I think I would put the Celtics and Bucks just because I know more about them. And I know that Sixers fans are going to get mad at me for this, but I think that I just, I have more clarity on those teams and I know that they can, that the way that they've been playing kind of proves it to me that I might have them in my first tier right now. And then I'd probably have the nets and the Sixers in the second tier, just based on the question marks that they have. So uh, just let's wrap this up with talking about the all NBA stuff, because uh, coming out of the West, I think the it's either going to be the Suns or the I'm my my dark horse pick is going to be the Grizzlies. I think that the Grizzlies have a shot to win. I would West. love it. They're really fun, but I just don't think yeah. so i think they would get crushed in the finals by the east team but i think that they're a really good young fun team and i just have too many question marks about the warriors right now with all their injuries so let's go let's talk about the all nba first team thing because as i've stated by the way uh, i think Embiid is going to win mvp at this point i think the sixers finishing strong him having some really good games down the stretch plus the fact that he's been the betting favorite for two months it all leans in his favor right now in terms of that. I don't care about that. I'm happy for him. I hope that this means they won't try to run him into the ground every regular season. And I think that, uh, you know, it's just awesome for him for legacy purposes. And and he deserves to, you know, get an MVP award. It's awesome. It's going to be very funny if, like, 
I don't care, honestly. Like two MVP versus three MVPs, like is just, and they're not going to give it to Giannis three years and f- three and four years. I think they're going to just give him the depoy for like real, no real like statistic. Like Giannis is yeah. incredible on defense, but I feel like they're just going to be like, uh, you won the scoring title. He might, I, I think Embiid's taking back the lead or. LeBron is the lead in the scoring title it's right close. now. Yeah, LeBron will stat pad his way to the scoring title. I yeah, already accepted like, that. It's like you were like second in the scoring title, and you're going to win Defensive Player of the Year, and your team might be the one seed, but uh, here's the deep point. Ignore the, ignore the MVP that makes no – like, I don't know. I don't care. Embiid's incredible. He deserves MVP. I don't really care who wins. As long as it's not – as long as it's what if Jokic can beat Giannis, I don't care. Like, if yeah, they that's kind of how Giannis, I feel, too. I think they're all deserving. They like, all I really want, like we can starting into the All NBA stuff, is I want Giannis to be first team All NBA unanimous, and I don't care about anything else because that'll be the first player ever to be unanimous first team four years in a row. No one has ever done it before. So he will be. I can't yeah. imagine a world where he isn't. I mean, I, I think that I'm just Giannis, picturing a baseball writer esque bullshit where no one's ever done it before. So one writer's gonna say, "Fuck it, uh, Durant first team, Giannis second team," because no one deserves. Because uh, Jordan never did it, so therefore no one can do it. Like I don't know. I'm worried about that happening. Yeah, that that that's such a baseball writer thing to do. No, I mean if Zach Lowe had him first team, then I think you're good. Uh, I don't understand I mean, who can watch basketball and not have him first team. Like he's obviously first team. It's not even a yeah. question. I think he's the, he's been the best forward in the NBA this season, and I think that. If you look at the – it's funny, I, that reference that I just said there, I don't know. You brought this up pre-podcast. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast yet. But there was a writer who writes for the Minnesota Timberwolves that had a tweet that was basically saying that Zach Lowe and his opinions are the reason why people vote on All-NBA the way that they do because they just don't have enough time – or energy to watch every NBA team play. And Zach does. So they just take his opinions and they just vote based on that. And I think that's hysterical first off, because like if you write for the the Indiana Pacers or the fucking Pistons or whatever, then you're probably not watching a ton of like nuggets and Sixers and all those teams play. So how would you know whether like which player has been better basically is my point. If I was watching the Pacers or the Pistons, I would just – how do you know what basketball – like good basketball looks like? <laughs> okay, I'm going to put a theory out here. Uh, the, the Pacers are the most soulless team in the NBA. <laughs> you watch them like – okay, maybe Halliburton makes you feel something. But other than that, you feel nothing watching the Indiana Pacers. You're like, what? Nothing is happening here. This is purgatory. This is just s- basketball – uh, hell, this nothing is happening here. There's no future. We're drafting Quiz Duarte. I know we already talked about this shit before, but what the fuck are they doing? There's nothing there. I do wonder if the Kings have surpassed that during the season, though. Not that the Kings have ever been thought of as anything more than basketball hell, but when we talked about this at the beginning of the season, I think that the Halliburton trade might give them a little bit of hope at least because – what. No, I mean oh, not not the Kings. I mean the oh, Pacers. You mean the Pacers? Okay. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> the opposite for the Kings. I think that the, yeah. the Kings have basically locked themselves into having a ceiling of a play-in team unless they they hit on their draft pick. Which I guess you could say the same thing about the Pacers too. But I think that Halliburton having the upside that he does. It like le- I've always pictured Halliburton as a second or a third guy on a really good team, like a contender. But he would be really good in that like 
Drew Holiday level kind of guy. I don't know if he'll ever be as good as him, but he I could see him on a real. You know how high I am on Halliburton. I fucking he's incredible. Yeah, he's awesome. And so with the Pacers, like if the Pacers get a top 10 pick and they hit on that top 10 pick, the problem is they're the Pacers. So we know they're gonna draft like Keegan Murray or someone who's just like Jesus Christ. I mean, is that okay? Let's look at Tankathon because I need to see this. I need to see this right now. Who that they have is, them drafting? Jesus Christ! Because come on, you know they're going to draft the player who's a little bit older. They're going to draft the player who's like oh, Chet Holmgren. No, uh, oh no, they have them drafting Keegan Murray. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I called it. Jesus yes. Christ! <laughs> So I just want to put perspective for people who don't follow the draft uh, religiously. Keegan Murray is going to be 22 by the time the draft comes around. He's like a power forward who puts up a bunch of points and he's not like a, he's, he's probably going to be like a fine NBA player, but he's not thought of to be like a high upside type guy. Like the guys who were going behind him, AJ Griffin, Shaden Sharp, uh, Maturin from Arizona, uh, even Eason, who I like a lot from LSU, Jalen Duran, those are the guys that are thought to be the more like high upside picks. So we know that the the but the Kings could do this too. Like the Kings and the Pacers are kind of in the same realm where they're gunning for to be just like a relevant play-in team. This has them taking AJ Griffin, but I just think that if you want to talk about like to me, the final nail in the coffin was trading away Halliburton for Sabonis in terms of if you, if you want to have any sort of like hope out of purgatory, if you're the Kings, like they're still trying to win games. They're going to probably end up with like the sixth through the ninth pick instead of a top five pick, because even though Sabonis is, I think overrated is, Although he's not playing right now, but they're still going to be pushing to win those games. My argument for the Kings being the ultimate purgatory is that they just have they just have no hope. They have no way out with yeah, that. Like core. they traded their better guard. They traded the best prospect, and honestly, what like maybe like the sixth or seventh best guard prospect in the NBA for like Sabonis, who's like maybe a fringe All Star, maybe mm-hmm. like. Also, I, I pulled. I also pulled the tankathon. I was hoping the Bucks would. They uh, they're drafting the guy from Milwaukee right now, Patrick Baldwin, which I just find very funny. That just like, hey, he's from Milwaukee. He can go to the Bucks. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> which would be the, like the same reason we took Jabari. So that's that's a good that's a good precedent to set. There we go. The, if the Bucks make the pick, I want them to take Nikola Jovic. So we can finally see Gian- Giannis and Nikola Jovic on the same team. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I find it very funny. He's in the draft. It's just, I, I don't know anything about the international prospect. Just, just his name is Nikola Jovic, and I find that very funny. He'll probably uh, end up going higher just because of his name. But anyway, like Halliburton is so good, and like he's still putting up numbers on that garbage. Like, obviously, he's just stat padding, but like they're just like Cook, or they're like, the, the Pacers are doing it right, though. They're literally just. Forget all these veterans. Brogdon, go away. Just playing all the young guys. We're going to play them 40 minutes. Like, just go do stuff. And they're like, I got a couple guys. I can't remember their names. But it's like, hey, they're doing stuff. Like, you know, there might be something there. 
Like besides, I agree. I, I think that they are doing it the right way. Just letting these dudes cook. They're they're probably trying to raise Buddy Heald's trade value by letting him cook. Uh, I I I I agree. I think this is the first time that we can agree that the Pacers are doing something right. They realize that this team is going nowhere. They were they basically punted on the season, but also got a great fucking prospect in Halliburton, and now they, got a, they traded Sabonis for a better player. I don't understand what that trade at all. I, I honestly think that I just have no idea what the Kings are doing, but I, I love how we started this all NBA discussion of, uh, about the first team. And, and we that, now we're here. That, we're that, talking about the Pacers and the Kings, which is what people really well, tune in for. If you think <laughs> exactly. Pacers I probably State. talked about the Pacers and the Kings way too much this season, just Come because on. of the. Okay. okay. Hard left back to the all NBA discussion. Like I, Obviously, Jokic and Embiid both deserve it. I don't think they're going to make it still. Nope. Because the rules, if you don't know, for those listening, you have to get all of your – the majority or 51% of your votes at a specific position to be eligible for that yep. position. And so that would require all of the writers to collude to vote, like, Embiid center, Jokic forward, or vice versa. Right. And it's Pat just – Matt if you're listening, say put Jokic at the four. <laughs> I love Krell uh, trying to put a, a Jokic at the guard. Like, <laughs> yeah, is Jokic out there guarding Kyrie Irving? <laughs> but he he does he does he does the point guard stuff, so therefore he's a guard. Uh, uh. I mean, I've joked about it before. Like, he is functionally a point guard on offense, yeah. but at the same time, he's on defense. He's a center. Like, my whole thing with MB, I, first off, just get rid of positions. We're, we it doesn't matter anymore. Like it, it, it yeah, doesn't. It's that or if the like the old timey writers, like if you want to have a compromise, I threw it in the Discord earlier. It was one guard, one one wing, and one big, and then two wild cards. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you want to have your positional stuff that people seem to be so married to and like worry about, and I even in a group DM this week, people were like, "Well, if if you want to be the best center, then just." Be the best center. And then I'm like, well, you guys are all going to get mad when Embiid makes it over Jokic. I'm calling it right now because I think Embiid will win MVP. And I think if he wins MVP, unless he wins MVP and gets second team and they give Jokic the first team as that would be if they do the depoy a thing where like the the depoy depoys on second team all defense, that would be so funny. Like, I I don't care, honestly. Like, they're both, I I have a take. uh, So I, I think they're both really good. Sorry for bringing hot takes to this podcast. <laughs> uh, like, I don't even, like, I think I'd put Embiid first team, but, like, if you told me you put Jokic first team, I'd be like, okay. Like, I don't, like, I don't care. <laughs> they're both really good. Like, yeah, if this was a Nuggets podcast, you would probably say it the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> no, nah, like, they're both, like, really, like, I'd put them both on first team if that's, like, how it worked but i don't sure. think it's how it's gonna work like yeah i agree i think it is gonna be it's gonna it's it fucked over chris middleton before didn't it yeah so that's the whole thing like chris middleton had more points than i think like either like westbrook or siakam or two two guys on third team in 2019 but didn't make it because he split his votes at both and that just, right then didn't make either because your votes don't add up either because you have to have more votes at that position too in order to like make it's the point it's not just like a point system which is ridiculous to me yeah uh, stupid process so you get po- uh, you get uh poisoned for being at two positions even though i chris middleton i think paid two percent of his minutes at guard that year but like 
it's stupid, but uh, so I have thought about a funny outcome though, which is Embiid wins MVP and then he makes second team, and then his entire career, he jo- Joel Embiid has never made first team All NBA. Yeah, I think Anthony, I mean, da- Anthony no, Davis no made it to him. him. Yeah, Anthony Davis, and just he's injured a lot, especially at the end of the oh, season. Sure. But Anthony right. Davis has never played center. Like I know, <laughs> but Davis just played. people just made the decision that Anthony Davis was a center, even though he <laughs> refuses to play it for All NBA. Because I think it was also because it's just like, look, it's either we put Anthony Davis first team or we have to put fucking DeAndre Jordan on first team again. We're, we're never letting this happen again. We're picking a guy. Yeah, yeah, and this was before Jokic and Embiid were as good as they currently yeah, are. Yeah, so there was like no good centers. Like it was either DeAndre Jordan first team All NBA, which happened, by the way. We yeah. can't forget about this happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, there was one season where Embiid didn't even make All NBA, and Gobert made it over him, and he was like, "All right, Anthony Davis and Jokic, I can understand, but putting Rudy Gobert on there over me is a joke, basically." And so now Embiid is going to probably like Embi- there is a world where Joel Embiid can win an MVP and never make an All NBA first team, which I would have to imagine is a first. There's no way that anyone yeah, has uh, never made an well, All NBA because it would have to be a center, right? Because obviously, right, two guards, two forwards. That David you- Robinson did. David Robinson never make one because he was in the Hakeem Shaq era. Hold on. There was a, there was the yeah they I swear David Robinson had to make first team, especially when he scored eight thousand points when he to keep Shaq out of the scoring title. Yeah. He made it all NBA first team four times. Yeah. Cause Shaq wasn't even in the league the first two times he made it. So that he must, it must've been him and Hakeem going back and forth because he did and he won MVP in 95 and he was all NBA first team that year. So yeah, I, there's no way there has never been there. There's a guy that never made all NBA first team and might win an MVP. That could be a cool little fact for Embiid moving forward. If That'll be great on the NBA desktop calendars in five years. Yeah, this exactly. Is the only player. Yeah. I, I don't care. Like if he wins MVP, that's the thing that's coolest to me. I don't care about first team. Uh, give Jokic first team. If, if, if it makes Nuggets fans feel better about uh, being in the play in. So, uh, all right, this was uh, well. They will be soon. So. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the rest of the spots too, because it's like guards where it's. Oh, interesting. you want to talk? Let's talk rest of the spot. Let's talk. I was joking because I was like, let's close, let's wrap oh. it up. Fuck the Nuggets. Anyway, uh, so the guards where it's interesting because I think Jaw's going to make it like yeah. first team, like even though the team is seventeen and two without him and looking yeah, better that, without that, him. That does make it a little weird. Uh, also, that's like a lot of games. I love job, but miss. like, I also everyone loves Jaw, which is why I think he's going to make first team because he sure. obviously he's, took a yeah. leap this year. But again, his team in general just took a huge leap, and like, it's not like a six-game sample size where the wow, they're like five and one without him playing the Pistons or whatever. Right? They're I also don't think like as good as Jaw's been. I don't think Jaw's a top five player. No. I would so. rather put Tatum at guard than put Jaw on the first team. If I'm being honest. Uh, but Tatum was really bad for the first two months. Like that. That's yeah, but I don't know. Like, not bad. I shouldn't say bad. He was like lower level. No, he was putting up Kobe's. He was bad. Yeah, he. I mean, he was a lower level, like fringe all star type for the first month or two. I kept posting that fucking Kobe, that image of him in the Kobe jersey because he kept going eight for twenty four, <laughs> um, like or seven for thirty. Or but whatever now he's the... played in an MVP level for like two months. So yeah. do you? Do you? Do you put him first team? Do you put him second team? I feel like the recency bias is going to put him on first team. For sure. No one, 
like, but it's also like he's not making it over. If Jokic comes at a forward, he's not making first team. I don't think. Uh, yeah, because... so it will be Giannis, Giannis, Jokic, Giannis, Embiid. I think Giannis and Embiid are the locks, and then Jokic is if they change if everyone agrees to vote him at forward, he'll make it. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it'll be Tatum, and then like Ja and does does Luca pass Steph? Hmm. Because. Steph Luca was like, not very good for the first two months of the season either, yeah, though. But Steph hasn't played the last two months of the season, and what he did, he wasn't that. He's like he's occasionally good, but like how Luke many just, games does Steph really miss though? Uh, he's missed at least like God, he's only been injured for like a week. It feels like a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, he's only been out since he played on March sixteenth. It's been eleven days. Oh, is he's that pl- all he's and missed he played this year, though? Six, he played 64 games before he got hurt. Okay, He so played Steph's in almost probably, every game. So Steph's probably first team then, which so, I don't have an so, issue with. But So I here's my thing with Steph. Steph is probably the hardest player to gauge their impact because even when he has these slumps, it's kind of like the way that Harden has been playing for the Sixers recently. Not that I'm saying Harden is on the level of Steph or even like in the conversation for this. You'd have to ask but, Seth Part now about that. Um, what's that? You have to talk to Seth Part now if you want to believe that. What did Seth say? <laughs> oh, before the season, he had put out his NBA tiers and he had Steph and Harden the same tier, and I'm like, what yeah, the I mean, fuck I, are you talking about? No, dude? not even no, yeah. no way. And I love that Harden is a Sixer, and I I lo- I like I like him, but he's not on Steph's level. And the thing about Steph that is, I've said this before, it feels like his impact is like invisible almost where him just being on the court makes it so hard for defenses to stop because they have to worry about him constantly running off the ball. And that opens things up for everyone else. And that from an impact standpoint, even when a shot is off, the offense is still elite. And it's like the Harden thing, like Harden can look like shit for stretches and Harden can look like he's not having that much of an impact on the game because he's not scoring as much. But if you look at his his offensive ratings when he's on the court versus when he's off the court, and same with Steph, it's like they're unbelievable in terms of impact yeah, when like, they're on the got, court. Like, I, it doesn't matter if Steph's like one for 12. Like He's the greatest shooter ever. You can't just leave him alone. Exactly. Like, and he's going to get doubled a lot. Yeah. And that's going to that's gonna make things much easier for, for his teammates. And I think that... It's it's hard to gauge because Steph, for a stretch of the season, played like an MVP. It's kind of like the reverse of the Tatum thing, but yeah. I just think that Steph has more of an impact on winning overall, I guess, than than Tatum, even yeah, when he's not Steph's shooting. Steph's a Draymond merchant, it's true. <laughs> Without Draymond, he looked like ass for two months, and then he played in, in 15 minutes, scored 41 points when they were on the court together. Uh, but, like, Luka... Like Luca was also not good for two or three months. Like it wasn't yeah, really until he traded Porzingis that he went crazy. Also, I just find that so funny. The game after they traded Porzingis, he dropped fifty or sixty or whatever it was. And it was just like, yeah, get this yeah. dude out of here. Also, I can't wait for the Mavs collapse next year. This is the so, perfect Jason Kidd formula. Oh yeah, first year, first year Jason Kidd teams, as we know, always uh, they're going to overperform and and do well, and then uh, things will come to a, a, a crash after the season. Oh, by the way, I think they were the team that I mentioned could be desperate enough to trade for Jimmy Butler in the offseason. So, oh, you, we'll oh, Jesus that. Christ! Well, oh God, uh, would Jimmy you like? Uh, hello, 
Hello, hello, Pat Riley. Hello. Would you like uh God, David Bertans? Would you like David Bertans? <laughs> hello? He hung up. Look, it's one it's one albatross for another. Yeah. <laughs> Davis Bertans and uh Maxi Kleber. Is that anything for you? Dwight Powell? Can I interest you in Dwight Powell? <laughs> can can, I, can, can I, I interest you in Tim Hardaway Jr.? T- look, all all D- Davis Bertans needs is just a little bit of heat culture in his life to revive his <laughs> career. T- Davis Bertans and Duncan Robinson doing the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. <laughs> Got paid so, for one season and then just stopped giving a shit. Uh, amazing. All-time bag getters. We love them. So we have our first team. I- I'm just going to say my first team is Jokic and Bede, Giannis, because I think they've been the three best players in the NBA this season. Go for it. So those three, I'll give them that. The guard spots, I'm going to put Steph just because I think that Steph played like an MVP for a chunk of the season and the Warriors are really, 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 really good when he plays and not quite as good when he doesn't play. Uh, The other guard spot is where I'm struggling because you could put Tatum if you want to put him as a guard. You could put Luka if you want to put Luka as a guard. You could put Jaw, but I do struggle with like the Grizzlies are really good without Jaw. But also, I think that in the playoffs is where Jaw's impact is going to be shown. Oh, this is hard. Who would you put there at that last guard spot? It dep- if we're going fuck positions and putting Jokic on first team, I would just put Tatum at guard. I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'd probably uh, do the same. What I think is going to happen is I think Jokic's going to be on second team, and I think Jaw's going to be on first team as a guard. Also. Okay, uh, so Jokic second team, Embiid, Embiid, Giannis, Tatum, Ja, Steph. Steph is probably what I think is gonna it's gonna look like. Okay, and, the and then they'll team. probably bump down Durant because of him missing. And so Dur- many games. He's gonna get the Steph Curry honorary third team despite playing well enough to be on first team. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Kyrie unfortunately is only gonna play like twenty five games, thirty games. I'm just going to – there is not a planet on or univ, of all the multiverse throughout the entire cosmos. There is not one in this – with the, this similar circumstance where Kyrie Irving makes a team this year. No. Not he, a chance. He, he no, no. There's yeah. no way. He's He has not played nearly enough games. So this is the, – the only other thing that I care about here, because I don't really care about third team. You can argue with Raptors fans whether Pascal Siakam or Scotty Barnes should make third team. I'm going to uh, just say it and then to be told no. I honestly think Drew Holiday should make a team this year. He's not going I agree. To. I think Drew's been amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, like, how much did Chris Paul miss? Chris Paul pl- has played 59 games, and he's probably going to play the last few. Last, so he'll probably, yeah, 60. So he'll, okay, so second team, second team I think is going to be, like, Donkick Booker. Okay, Luka, Booker. LeBron. LeBron. Well, we put Durant. Yep. Either Durant on second team or third team, but I don't know who's DeMar on second team, Durant on third team. Though DeMar is absolutely faded down the stretch, so I don't know if he's going to make second team. Uh, the, the DeMar thing, I and DeMar's a much player, better player than this player, so I don't want to slander DeMar. But the DeMar thing, when they were talking about him for first or second team, it does feel a lot like the Julius Randle thing where we're going to look back and be like, and he's been better than Julius Randle was last year. I don't want to take anything away from him. And the Bulls were the one seed for a good chunk of this season. So, like, he's had an awesome year. But it does feel like, historically speaking, if you really care about these things, it does feel like we're going to look back and be like, really, was DeMar one of the 10 best players in the NBA this season? 
maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'll give it to him or if they'll give it just to Durant because Durant's obviously just been incredible since he came back. Yeah. So I don't know if that's Durant, sticking out. How many out. games has Durant played? Durant has played 47 games. So oh, he's going to finish Christ. with over 50. How many did Steph play that year where he made third team despite being the obviously Steph Curry on the – like I think that was 50-something. So I don't know if they'll just give it to him on third team and put DeMar second team. I think they'll probably just – because Durant is who he is, they'll probably put him second team. I think because he's that big of a name and because also, he – the Nets are really good when he plays too compared to when he doesn't play. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Warriors were the Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Warriors. So, I mean, like they were fine. Yeah. Uh, so, third team. I don't really care about third team. but I would love to put Chris uh, Drew Holiday on this team, but I feel like it's going to be Chris Paul and, like, I don't know, Harden maybe. I don't know who would be the other third team guard, but – I mean, you could give it to Drew. You could give it to Harden. You could give it to Lamelo. Uh, you could give it to Trey. Oh, Trey Young Harden. probably. Trey Young's Trey Young is going. Trey's making it. Yeah. Yeah. Trey might Trey. make it second team for all I know, but because he's oh. just he's There's just a ten seed. I know they've been stat padding all year though. Like yeah, he's number one in points and assists. He's definitely making it all at NBA. Yeah. Team. So yeah. So yeah. Trey and Chris Paul probably would be my picks there. Um, third team forwards like. DeMar we're really getting down to the trenches yeah. here. De- DeMar. Uh, I would love to put Cat as my third team center. I would hope that happens because fuck Rudy Gobert. That would be funny. Yeah, let's let have that happen. <laughs> God. Because Rudy I, really cares about that stuff. As much as I would love to say Homer pick uh, from my third team. I don't. Chris is not. I don't think Chris deserves all NBA this year. Yeah. Despite playing better after the All-Star break. He didn't deserve to be an All-Star. It should have been Drew Holiday. I don't know what the yeah, fuck was going on Drew there. should have made it over him, I agree. But but Chris, because of how well he played in the playoffs last year, probably got that. Yeah, nod. it was a... <laughs> Again, I, I I don't know if I t- talked about it on here, but it was like it was a nepotism. Like, oh, the Bucks are still good. It has to be... Chris Middleton's their second best player, right? Yeah. Here's yeah. yeah like, it's the, he's, he's made it before. Everyone had fresh in their brain. Wow. Forward-wise, though, Who Pascal Siakam... <laughs> it gives me the same pain as picking Rudy Gobert or something. There's yeah. got to be a different guard or forward we can pick, right? I mean, Draymond has only played 39 games. That's and, not enough. Yeah. And uh, offensively, Draymond just is not good anymore. Defensively, he's amazing. He's probably, when locked in, a top two, three defender in the NBA. Who's um, another good forward? Good Lord. It's, it's pretty brutal. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, would they just put Jimmy Butler there? I don't think the Heat get anybody. I think the, I think they'll get well because they're gonna they're still gonna end up a top four seed. I think Jimmy Butler will get that. I don't know if Jimmy Butler's played well enough. Like, uh, I think he will because he he he's still for the first half of the season they were the one seed. Yeah, God, I would not. If I were Raptors fans, I would legitimately be bad about that one. Yeah, like, Jalen Brown. No. Jay, there was yeah, a point I don't think Jalen's Jalen had the Jaylen. exact same like I don't know if it was just the Celtics vibes or what, but he was also like he was hot for a little bit and then he was ass for like a good yeah. two months in the middle of the season. He's been and, really good recently, but yeah, yeah I, I feel like Tatum's taking away all his shine at least for the voters. They're going to credit Tatum with everything. I, I don't know if this guy can is considered a guard or a forward, but Desmond Bain. Ooh, ooh I don't know. Think if the jaw gets first team, I don't think a Grizz second Grizzly. Yeah. Also. 
Jaron Jackson would probably have a better case, even though offensively he struggled this year. His defense is really good. Okay, I would rather put like Mikael Bridges on the third team and put any. <laughs> All right, so we already know our guards. We know our center, so we're going to go Cat. Yeah. Cat, CP3. Who did we pick at the other guard? Did we pick Harden? Uh, Trey Young. Trey Young. Okay, Trey Young. And then forward-wise, fucking Christ, it is it's, it's weird. DeMar DeRozan, and then... Uh... <laughs> yeah, DeMar DeRozan, and then who cares? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, it's... Yeah, who cares? I we're forgetting someone. But Probably. I was trying to like rack my brain and stuff, but uh also I just side note, I love how LeBron James has exclusively only ever been a forward. And Luca plays exactly the same way and has only ever been a guard. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. He's not a guard, right? Like it doesn't yeah. he play small forward or power yeah. power forward for them technically. He yeah, he's point forward for them, like he's LeBron James. Like Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like he, but- but Luca gets the Harden comps, and Harden was a guard, so I don't know. It's <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. It's such a yeah. let's see. Okay, let's look at the two K. Get rid of the position. Who cares? Where's the where's the other forwards? Uh okay, Anthony Tatum. I think it's Jimmy Butler, to be honest. I think Jimmy Butler will make it. Let's go to the I bottom. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just think- what were you gonna say? You know who the worst ranked power forward in NBA 2K is? Just I pulled up this random website just to get a list of names. Semi Ojale? Uh no. It 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 only goes to a hundred, so it might be below that, but uh it is Thanasis under the Kumpo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if Giannis can get them into the skills competition, he might be able to get them on all NBA. That 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 was so funny. That whole I know this is completely wildly off topic, but that skills competition was so funny, and I hope they never do that format again. It was awful. It was so <laughs> awkward. Like I love that Thanasis and like Giannis on the court were like, "This is shit. It's not built for us. What are we doing?" Here? <laughs> that was really strange and weird. Uh, okay, so for the last spot, I'm just gonna go with Jimmy Butler. I know that you're never gonna give Jimmy Butler credit, but I'll just put Jimmy Butler. Uh, outscore Jimmy. Uh, outscore uh, uh, Bryn Forbes if you want to make an All NBA spot. Okay, if Jimmy makes All NBA. And then we get to the playoffs and he gets outscored by Tobias Harris in the second round. We're going to rescind his All-NBA nod and give it to Tobias, who's been not good at all this season. So, all right. This has been a long, a long podcast. So we should probably wrap it up at this point. Why? We could go all day, dude. I don't <laughs> I've worked in an hour, so I probably should should sign off and get mentally prepared for that. But uh I appreciate you coming back on, dude. And uh we'll we'll talk again sometimes. If if we have a Sixers Buck series in the playoffs, which it's not looking likely at this point, but it is a possibility we could meet in the second round or the third round if the Sixers get that far. I might have to call in from Milwaukee because I'm probably going to go to at least one of those games. But I'll let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. We're gonna have we'll have our we'll have like three or four podcasts during that series, uh, oh, yeah. hopefully, unless it's a sweep. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Unless the Sixers sweep the Bucks, obviously. So all right. Okay, you know how to? Sorry, I have to interrupt. I'm still on this 2K list. Uh, Do you know Bobby Portis and Miles Turner have the exact same rating? Bobby Portis and who? Miles Turner. Well, that's, I mean, in your world, that seems right. I, I don't know. I, yeah, you hate I, Miles Turner. I do hate Miles Turner. Turner, 
But and Brooke Lopez, by the way, is lower than both of them, which is just incorrect. But anyway, it's very strange. There's a there's ageism going on at 2K, folks. <laughs> and we're not gonna we're there to answer for their crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Roddy 2K. <laughs> Answer for your crime. Come on, me the and, pod. Me Answer and hell. Where, <laughs> where is Rod 2K? <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace, dude.